We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Patton. Jason, we're going to be talking about the Bulls at Media Day. But first, if you're anything like me, you're still super pissed off about that Bears game. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, that was off. That was... uh... I did not have high expectations. I can't remember if I said this on the last pie, but I honestly did not have high expectations for just the outcome. Uh, I figured tough, tough game for Justin Fields' first start. I was just kind of excited about him being out there for his first start, but I didn't have high expectations. I bet against them in a parlay. I thought they were going to lose by double digits. Sure enough, they did. I did not think that they were going to gain 47 yards of offense uh, and have one, what was it, one net yard of passing, Justin Fields, had got sacked nine times, Jason Peters, and I was a Jermaine Effetti, uh, probably possibly the worst tackle duo in the NFL. It just feels as running for his life. It was just so it was classic Bears. Uh, we think we might finally have a franchise quarterback, and it's just the same bullshit that we have seen for our entire lives with an offense that is stuck in like the 1940s. Uh, really, real brutal shit. And it was really depressing. Jason, we've seen a lot of bad. Bears games in our life as fans. And how is it possible that Justin Fields' worst start is maybe the worst offensive performance from the Bears we have ever witnessed? The bar is so high there. So many horrible offensive games. And this was maybe the worst one they've ever had. One net yard passing. And in general, Fields threw for like sub 70 yards. Yeah, it was like six of 20 for 68 yards. They totally went away from the running game. It felt like they barely crossed half field the entire game. And what the Bears need to do is look at what the Bulls have done. And what the Bulls did was fire their idiot coach, (laughs) fire their dumbass GM, hire smart people from outside of the organization, invest real money in them, and build this thing back up because the Bears are a disaster. I thought Nagy should have been fired. After last season, I thought Pace should have been fired after last season. That game, week three this year, this was the most damning indictment of the Nate of the Pace Nagy era to date. Uh, Pace 
sticking with what was essentially the Andy Dalton game plan for Justin Fields, utilizing none of his unique talent of the most talented quarterback you've ever had in the building. And just basically running a bland ass Mitch Trubisky ass Andy Dalton ass offense. The offensive line could not block at all. Why? Well, you got a 39 year old starting at left tackle. You decided to cut your starting left tackle coming into the season. And, uh, you sign a 39-year-old. He was just getting beat like a drum that entire Miles game. Garrett. Trying to play the game against the Giants when Cutler got sacked like 10 times. Field seemed like he had 1.2 seconds before the pass rush was in his face. They never gave him a chance to succeed. And we saw him make some good throws last week. He had a beautiful deep ball to Allen Robinson. He hit Moody on a pass he dropped across the middle. Fields can make plays. If there's one thing about Justin Fields, it's that you can't over-micromanage him. And you have to find a way to utilize what makes him so special. Andy Dalton, the reason he's still in the league is because he can get the ball out of his hands quick. He can make quick reads. And he's never going to throw the ball more than 10 yards in the air at this point <laughs> in his career, right? Fields, you cannot run the same stuff for Justin Fields that you're on for Andy Dalton. And I feel like I'm talking about Jim Boylan <laughs> and Garpax again because that game pissed me off. Yeah. So. I, mean, I saw people making that uh, comparison I- with Boylan and Matt Nagy today on Twitter. And I mean... I mean, just all, all like the, the quotes I read as well after this game, just from like from Bears media, from national media, from Miles Garrett himself, who basically said that they were shocked at how crappy the Bears game plan was. I think Drew Brees said that. Like I mentioned, Bears media, I mean, pretty much took him net nagging to task today. Uh, I mean, just well deserved. It was just completely, and it was, I mean, and obviously during the game as well, everyone just saying, like, what, like, what are you doing here? Like, where? Why are you running like like long dropbacks for this guy and like not chipping Miles Garrett? I think Garrett had what four and a half sacks. Uh, and it, yeah, it felt really like a bad. It, I mean, yeah, it felt like a bad Bulls game. Talking about this, and a lot of bad Bulls podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, we're 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 rough. We are we are uh, kind of uh, comparing it to the the last few years of bad Bulls basketball that we are trying to move past now. Uh, and then it's a good transition. Let's go talk about Bulls media day. Uh, media day around the league and the NBA today. Uh, I guess it, it's not always, I guess, fun. Like it, it's just fun to have players back. Usually a lot of this stuff is whatever platitudes, boring stuff. Sometimes you get some fun stuff in there this year, obviously uh, somewhat unique when you got, I guess last year, last year kind of was well, but a bunch of questions about COVID vaccines and all that kind of stuff. I guess that is unique to this season. And we'll talk about some of that in a bit here, but uh, just great to finally uh, hear from like AK. I think this was the first time we've heard from AK since uh, the, they made all the moves. Uh, I think this, I don't know if this is the first time we heard from Billy in the, uh, uh, we've heard from Zach a few times. He's done a few interviews, but just nice to hear these guys again after this big off season. And uh, I guess just overall, before we get into any individual stuff, I feel like they said most of the right things again, like, whatever, like a lot of these media day stuff is often just like bogus, but like uh, they said, like, you know, like we made these moves, but like, you know, we haven't won anything yet. Like we still have to prove it. They talked about like building, they know they have to build chemistry with all these new guys. Uh, they said the right thing is about Zach's extension. Like they want him in Chicago, blah, blah, blah. So I guess, did you, was there one big thing you took away from this at all? Uh, or at least what was like any, anything yeah, that really stood out I'm to you? I'm going to say my biggest takeaway was just good vibes. And it was cleansing after that horrible Bears game. <laughs> Great sky win. Yeah. We wanted to do a sky episode of this podcast, previewing their upcoming season against their upcoming series in the semifinals against the Connecticut Sun. 
So that was awesome to see the sky move on to the finals and then conference finals or semifinals, I should say. And then this Bulls media day, to me, it just felt like the Bulls were a normal team saying normal stuff. And there was nothing embarrassing about it. There was nothing that filled my soul with rage. <laughs> and I thought it was all mostly good vibes. A uh, couple interesting things, I think. Uh, when Billy Donovan was talking, he said last year at times, he thought they were too big at power forward. And he thought maybe they needed to get a little bit smaller in that position. I think that's going to be really interesting, especially with the Patrick Williams injury uh, coming into training camp. Who will the Bulls start uh, at the start of the season if Pat isn't ready to go? Karnaschovas and Donovan were asked that directly. And I guess Donovan responded that, you know, they could slide DeRozan to the four. We've been talking about this. DeRozan played a lot of four with the Spurs last year, move Alex Crusoe into the starting lineup. He said maybe they'll throw in Stanley Johnson, someone who uh, he noted was a high draft pick, has been in the league for a while, see if he can prove himself in training camp. He's still got to make the team. Right. <laughs> he deserves a roster spot. But I think that could be something they look at in the four at the four at the start of the season, maybe to get a little bit more of a defensive minded big forward there, even though it's Stanley Johnson, you know, you're not getting too much offensively. Uh, he named Derek Jones a possibility as well. So I think it's going to be. Uh, obviously it's going to be a fully new team, Jason, like the only guys who were on this team at the start of last year, who are here again at the start of this year are Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, and Kobe white and Zach and Pat, or I'm sorry, Pat and Kobe are hurt to start the season. Uh, it's just going to be a brand new team. I think that that is exactly what we wanted in the wake of the fire Garpax gar movement. They asked Karnaschovas, you know, what his thought process was coming into the off season. And he said, well, we wanted to add more talent. I see that. I'm like, that's a pretty straightforward quote. That's a, you know, that's <laughs> basically what I, what you would, what we want to hear. Uh, and it's just like a logical thing to say. And I think that, you know, with AK, you're never going to get too much from media appearances like this. He right. seems very, keeps everything very close to the vest. Uh, besides for his interest in Lonzo, which everyone knew about for a year prior to the Bulls actually landing him. But uh, he said that he was, happy i don't know pleasantly surprised maybe could be a word for this that uh, a lot of guys wanted to play in chicago. yeah yeah that a lot of guys wanted yep. to play in chicago i was wondering if that even extended past guys they didn't get like were there other you know people who were available in trades or as free agents who wanted to come here uh very good sign for the bulls they both said karnashovas and donovan that having two all-stars on the roster already made the roster appealing that's how you can go out and get an early commitment from lonzo ball that's how you can go out and get a commitment from demar deros and well 85 million dollars helps too yeah. but you know they they actually had the foundation of something appealing so i think that that is all really exciting and now you look at this team jason and there's so much unknown about it but it's all very exciting like they're going to have to develop chemistry together. They're going to have to develop cohesion. Pat's injury at the start of the season and to a lesser extent, Kobe's injury is going to be a bit of a hindrance to that. Uh, and it's unfortunate they already have to deal with those issues, but there are a lot of good vibes around this team. They have brought in adults last year when the Bulls started the season, they were younger than the Wisconsin Badgers <laughs> this year. You got Vucevic, you got DeRozan from the start of the season. Those are two guys on, uh, you know, the other side of 30. Lonzo has had a lot of life experience, despite the fact that he's still a young point guard. Zach is just hitting his prime, should only be getting better. So there's plenty of legitimate reasons for optimism this time around. And it was, yeah, nothing but but feeling good. 
through this media day, I thought. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the just the talent, you, the quote about improving the talent level. I'm looking at our guy Cody Westerland uh, for the Score website has uh, did a nice little recap media stuff. And he just and he <laughs> highlighted right here three quotes in a row from Zach Vooch and DeRozan saying that they think that this is the most talented team they've ever been a part of. Uh, obviously, with Zach and Vooch, uh, they have not been on great teams. But I mean, DeRozan was on very good Toronto Raptors teams. The Spurs the last few years have been okay. Uh, I mean, that's, I guess, kind of notable just that they do have this talent, uh, obviously. And they talked to, and I know DeRozan talked a bit about fitting him and Olivia and even talked about fitting together. Uh, they obviously are saying all the right things there. It's not going to be a problem. They should mess, mesh easily. Uh, talking about just like putting in the work. Uh, DeRozan has, has a nice long quote in this, in Cody's article here, just about uh, high, high, talking about high character guys, unselfish players. And I think, I believe it was AK who also highlighted like the, basketball IQ stuff and the high character stuff and reasons why that they should be able to build chemistry quickly. And I think there's something to that. I mean, Lonzo high IQ player DeRozan uh, a bit has gotten better as well. And speaking of DeRozan as well, I'd like to highlight our guy, Stefan no did a really nice piece on his, uh, is that his Patreon, okay. right? That yeah. he, yeah, that he just that breaking sad. down how DeRozan has kind of added to his game going old school and some of the stuff that he has done and learned over his career, really good stuff here there on DeRozan. Um, so yeah, a lot of talent. They're going to have to learn how to play together, uh, and it'll be very interesting to see. But like you said good good vibes for the most part. There we talk about I, I, if there are like any concerns. I know people have talked about the defense. I feel like I'm talking myself into their defense not being as bad uh, because it wasn't that bad last year. And I know like DeRozan's not good, and they have some other questionable defenders. But I really think Caruso is going to be huge there. I think Lonzo will be as well. Donovan had some good quotes about the defense just talking about how guys need to buy in. I know that uh, I think Zach, Zach might've as well. I mean, talking about they, they know they have guys who can score, but they know uh, they talked about some, I think Zach talked about sacrifice that it doesn't matter if you get, it's not about numbers. It's about winning games. So if there's the buy in there, especially on the defensive end of the floor, like I think they'll be all right. I don't I think they'll be good. I think we've talked about it. As, as long as they're just okay defensively. And if they're as good offensively as they, we think they can be maybe top 10, maybe if they somehow are even better, I mean, that, that, that'll be a recipe for success. Um, so, yeah, it is definitely, for the most part, very good vibes besides the injury stuff. Uh, you mentioned, like, we talked about Lonzo. I guess we should bring up the whole, the tampering thing has still not been resolved yet. Uh, AK basically no commented on it. Obviously, he wasn't going to say anything about that. There's no news on it. He's not going to say anything about it. On Cody's article here, he claims that he says people on the league think they could lose a first-round pick. We'll see the fact that it has taken, I mean, we're two months away from, from that signing at this point. So it's interesting that it's taken that long. How do you remember how long the, the bucks one took? Was that about the same time, about two months? I can't remember exactly. Do you remember? Uh, I don't totally remember the timeline, but I feel like these investigations always drag on. Maybe yeah. I'm drawing back to my experience covering NCAA investigations where you <laughs> never really seem to know where they begin or where they end or when uh, the news is coming out. But yeah, it has been frustrating that the Bulls still don't know what ramifications are going to come from uh, from that investigation. But, you know, the the maximum punishment would be a first round pick. Like yeah. if there was ever any concern, like, if, you know, the Bulls were going to lose anything more than that. It's not going to happen. So one thing I want to talk about, too, yep. is that Billy Donovan said that he thought they had to play with more pace. And he thought that that was like going to be a key point this year. Bulls were 14th in pace last year, but after the Vucevic trade, which happened around March 25th, I believe the Bulls were 25th. They started playing very fast at the start of the year. I remember that. Yeah. 
And obviously, like, the team they're going to have at the start of this year is totally different from the team they had at the start of last season. Last season, you had Kobe transitioning into a new new role at point guard. Uh, You had just, like, a very young team. You had Wendell and Lowry, and uh, you were starting Pat, and it was a team that, you know, you couldn't reasonably expect them to compete with the best teams in the league, just given how green everyone on the team was. This is a totally different team. Now, how they actually utilize each of these unique pieces, I think is going to be really fascinating. Like Donovan talked about how good Lonzo is at the hit ahead pass. He said like Lonzo is the best guy in the league with this advancement pass. uh, So everyone else is going to have to run. Now, how does Vucevic sort of play into that? Are you going to see Vucevic being wide open for a lot of trail threes? I think that could be really exciting for the Bulls offense. I think you could see scenarios where Zach, Kobe, when he's in the game, uh, DeRozan to a lesser extent probably are just like sprinting up and down the floor. Caruso for sure as well to try to get the Bulls easy buckets. Uh, One theme from this media day was people asking, reporters asking uh, Donovan about maybe a lack of rebounding. And Donovan would say, you know, we got to rebound by committee. It can't just be Vooch. Everyone else has got to rebound. And I think that you're going to see the Bulls. Like Donovan noted this too. Like the types of rebounds you see in the NBA today are totally different from what it was like 10, 20 years ago, right? Because of the number of long three-pointers taken. So now you have a lot more long rebounds. The Bulls have guards who can rebound. Lonzo's always been a good rebounder. DeRozan can rebound a little bit. Caruso will mix it up in there. So what I'm looking for, forward to from the bulls this season is a team that has a lot of speed and athleticism on the wings. They can score in the open floor. And then when they get in half court sets, you have multiple proven bucket getters in the half court set. DeMar DeRozan is a proven 20 plus point per game scorer. Same with Zach, same with Vooch, how each of those guys fits together. I think will just come down to, you know, Donovan's job as a coach and then how the whole thing coalesces. But I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic for the Bulls this year. They have a lot of shooting in the lineup. They have a lot of speed and athleticism in the lineup. There's questions defensively. I think there's going to be a big burden on Vucevic to stay healthy and stay productive and continue to be the awesome knockdown three-point shooter that we saw him become last year. Uh, And, you know, if you take that all into consideration, there's definitely a chance the Bulls – could be very good this year, super fun offensively. And it's the best I've felt about the team coming out of media day, like since the peak D Rose. Yeah, for sure. Uh, to the point about the offense and just like the scores and how that, how they're going to run that. I am curious, or I was intrigued by Lonzo saying like from conversations that he's had with Billy, that he thinks he's going to play more of a, traditional point guard point guard role <laughs> can't speak here uh this season instead of like he played a lot off the ball i think a lot of people view him as like a more of a three and d point guard you talk about like, he could play in transition you talk about those throw ahead passes but like in the half court he just like he's he's a bit limited because he's not the most athletic guy not the fastest with the ball in his hands doesn't really drive that much doesn't get to the line that much i think he's improved in finishing his finishing a little bit but not like your standard half court point guard at this point in this NBA, but it seems like he might be doing a bit more of that. Ricky, what do you make of that? Do you think that is a good idea? Do you think uh, that could be a disaster? I guess, I mean, I guess it doesn't hurt to try at least to start. And if it doesn't work, then whatever he, he know, you know, he can be an effective three and D point guard, uh, but it'll be interesting to see if they do give him more like opportunities as a half court, like creator as a point guard. 
It will be interesting to see that. Personally, I believe the Bulls are going to have a very ball movement heavy offensive system. I don't think you're going to see Lonzo Ball dribbling the life out of the ball and eating his man off the dribble and setting up guys for good looks. Uh, If you, I mean, just the entire idea of a traditional point guard, like that doesn't totally exist in the league anymore. Typically, the guys who are controlling the ball are often oversized wings, just the best player on the team. And I don't think you're going to see a situation where Lonzo Ball is truly at the controls of the offense every single possession down the floor. I think you're going to see a team that pushes in transition, that has two great creators in the half court with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Lonzo, when he was in New Orleans last year, became a very high volume and pretty damn accurate three-point shooter. I still think that's probably the role he's going to have on this team, just given the fact that they're going to need to get their three-point attempts up. They're going to need to, you know, basically in the league now, you have to hit a certain threshold of three-point attempts uh, to have a chance to compete against the best teams. And so I think that you're likely to see Lonzo still be a high-volume three-point shooter. and I believe that most of the half, most of the offense in the half court will be generated by Zach and DeRozan. So we'll see how much Lonzo is really playing on the ball. I think that you could certainly see him, uh, you know, on the semi fast break, sort of uh, getting into the offensive sets early and uh, hopefully being able to put some pressure on the rim. But the big shortcoming for Lonzo is a ball handler, sort of his inability to get to the basket, to draw fouls, to put pressure on the rim. And until, you know, he shows an ability to do that, I just think he has like physical limitations yeah. holding him back in terms of explosiveness and shiftiness. Like that's never really been his game, but he has some very unique strengths. He's one of the most unique guys in the league. And, you know, maybe s- selling him on a role where he is more of a traditional point guard, th- that could be like, that could be a way to get him to commit to the team. And then I still think like you could give him opportunities in the half court to create, there's going to be minutes with bench units. You know, there's going to be times where the initial action breaks down, the ball comes to Lonzo. You could run a pick and roll or a dribble handoff for him. So he'll still get his opportunities to play with the ball in his hands and create a little bit. But uh, ultimately I I view that as going to be Zach and, Demar's job. Yeah, I, mean, I can't imagine they like actually told him like, "Yeah, Lonzo, you're going to come in and you're going to be like, like bringing the ball up every single time, and you're going to be like, yeah, dominating like the ball handling on the offense." Like, I can't imagine they actually like sold him like that. And he would, you'd think like he would know when you have Zach, when you have Zach there. At least I don't know how much you knew about DeRozan coming in. That obviously adds another uh, ball dominant ish player. Uh, so I, I hope they didn't, they didn't make any like real false promises there, but I mean, he talked about how he, the bulls are like always the front runner from the start for him. Obviously they got the commitment from him right at the start. And that's why there's this tampering inv- investigation. But, uh, I mean, clearly they sold him well. He wanted to come here and that was awesome. And this is the fact that, I mean, you, we, you brought this up earlier. The fact that players did want to come here and that they were excited to come here. Uh, I think DeRozan, was it Vucevic, I think talked about recruiting DeRozan. They, they played on the same college team back at USC back in the day. Uh, so like they, and I know Zach had input on the free agent moves as well. So Zach and Vooch obviously uh, did some work there to help get these guys to come. It, was, it is just nice to see just again, we, t- and we talked about this when they made these moves, the bulls kind of flexing their muscle as a bigger, as a big market team. You have the all-stars there recruiting other guys. Uh, and that's huge. And, and I mean, I mean, in relation to that, there was the big article in the athletic today about the Lakers. We know that LeBron, what LeBron does to get guys to see him. And 
huge article the other day talking about how like LeBron had like the, all these meetings with all these other stars to recruit them in free agency. Like uh, they were talking about Russ, like all the guys, I mean, Beal, uh, Lillard, Russ, uh, DeRozan, DeRozan was in that article as well, that they were, right. that I think DeRozan met with LeBron and they were talking, the Lakers were considering trying to get, do a sign and trade for him before they ended up DeRozan getting left Russ. that meeting, according to the article, thinking yeah. that he was the Lakers top priority. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's stuff like the Lakers do. They, they flex their muscles. You have a guy, you have a star. I mean, obviously LeBron is LeBron, but you flex your muscles. You, you get that kind of stuff done and the bulls were able to do that. Like AK, I think did say, like, I think, I think pleasantly surprised was the term he used there that uh, guys were there and having a guy like Zach Olympian now gold medalist, you get Vooch, you make the Vooch trade and you have him as well. And you have a couple really good players there. Other good players want to play with other good players, and uh, the Bulls use that to their advantage this offseason. So that was, was really nice to see. Absolutely. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, other other uh, notes, I guess, like, if you want to bring up Zach, like I said, Zach has been saying all the right things about uh, his extension. He's obviously excited to be just be playing with other good players. We knew that it was a long shot that Zach wasn't going to that was Zach was going to get an extension. Uh, they would have had to use cap space to do it. I think I think he did. I think he did an interview with Windhorse recently. And he, like the, it said, like well, they talked about it before free agency. I think that they knew what was going to happen. Zach has said multiple times it's a business. He said that today as well. He's happy with what happened. He thinks it'll take care of itself. If the Bulls are actually good this season, uh, it'll get it done. And I guess AK talked about how they they want to commit to Zach long term. Obviously, that's just a thing for next season when he's a free agent. I don't think we have to worry too much about Zach right now. Again, he played. I think it seems like the Bulls gave him a voice in these meetings in free agency. They gave him a voice in terms of guys to go after. Uh, so I think, I don't think we really have to worry about Zach going anywhere else as of right now, maybe the season's a, dis- a disaster and he changes his mind, but, uh, and, and I mean, if anything, it's a situation where he probably like locks in the money. And then if he gets upset in a year or two, then he asks for a trade because that's, that's what the deal is with the NBA these days, these days, they'll lock in their big deal or even like a shorter term deal. I know with the TV deal coming in in 2025, there could be more, our guy more, uh, had uh, interesting stuff over at Forbes talking about another possible huge cap spike in the coming years. Maybe Zach Locks in a shorter term deal, but either way, I don't think we have to worry about Zach resigning with the Bulls next offseason. I think it sounds like the Bulls will pay him. He'll he likes it here. The team is better. There's more talent around him. So uh, it's going to be a big bill. I don't know if it's going to be a luxury. If it you know fringes on the luxury tax, that's when it's going to get really interesting. And I hope you know there's no trouble convincing the Reinsdorfs to pay the luxury tax even for a team that doesn't really have a championship ceiling, at right. least coming into this year. We don't think yeah. that who knows what they'll look like a year from now. I think one of my bold predictions for this bulls move is that they make another big trade in season. I think when you have the extra first round pick uh, that was acquired to move, they could have taken Larry Nance, right? And Larry Nance would have been really nice on this roster, especially given the fact that Patrick Williams is hurt right now. I think that you could see them add another piece on the interior midway through the season, using that pick as a chip. I believe they're allowed to, as long as they don't lose it in this in the Lonzo thing. Yeah. I don't know how that would affect it, but I believe they'll be allowed to trade it. So uh, yeah, it's just, there there was just a lot of good stuff today. And a few other things that I uh, flagged Donovan said, teams can't have a game plan to stop just one player. So like last year, opposing teams knew that like, if you stop Zach, you were really shutting down vast majority of the Bulls offense. Now that's just not the case anymore. You have so many other proven guys uh, who know how to score at the NBA level. So I think that's really good. He said Patrick needed to address his conditioning. He kept talking about how Pat wasn't in good enough shape last year. Though that was pretty fascinating. Hopefully Pat did spend uh, his off season, you know, working on his conditioning. You have to be, uh, he should be in general, a physically imposing player. I think Donovan said something similar when they were asking him about Pat and Donovan thought his conditioning held him back from being that type of guy last year. So Pat is going to have to get his conditioning back again once he comes back from this injury, but uh, hopefully worked on it over the off season. I would love to see him 
really solidify himself as an above average NBA defender this year. I think that that would be huge, huge. for yeah. the team uh, going forward in the short term and the long term. If he could be a sort of rim deterrent as a four, that would just be awesome for the Bulls. And then another thing Karnaschov has said, he said our pitch to free agents was we're building something and we want to win. Having two all-stars on the rosters helped. A lot of guys wanted to play in Chicago. Just music to my ears, man. That's what we wanted in the Fire Garpax movement. To think how much the roster has turned over from when Karnaschovas was hired to what it looks like today is really remarkable. And whether this works out as well as we think it can, or if it blows up in their face, I don't think there's no way I'm going to have like the same level of anger. No, right. At least they tried. It blows up in their face. Like (laughs) they did what I wanted them to do. They went out and they invested in Zach Levine. Uh, Well, not yet monetarily, but it sure seems like they want to. Right. But they invested. You make these moves to do it, to invest in Zach Levine. They they made these moves because they felt like they had a player worth building around in Zach Levine. Because if they didn't, they would have traded him and rebuilt again. Right. Now, you know, everyone around the league might not believe that. Some people don't think Zach is a top 30 player in the league, (laughs) according to these ESPN rankings. But Karnaschovas and Donovan know how impressive Zach's last season was. They know that he's only getting better. They know the type of worker he is. They know he gets better every year. So the most encouraging thing about this offseason is prioritizing Zach Levine. And instead, you know, five years ago when we had Butler here, it's like the front office, they made one fucking good draft pick in the last decade in Jimmy Butler. And they were so ready to wipe their hands with him and say, this guy's not good enough. He's not good enough to be the top dog. Well, I don't know if Zach Levine's ever going to be better than peak Jimmy Butler, but this front office still realizes peak Zach Levine is a hell of a player. And they made these moves to invest in Zach. And they did it before he even agreed to a long-term contract. They did it knowing that they might have to pay a luxury tax bill, uh, you know, to keep this core together. So I think that that's the most encouraging thing about this season. It's like, we have a pillar here in Zach Levine. We're going to do everything we can so this guy can finally fucking win four games in a row. So this guy can finally make Make a playoff. So this guy can shine to the best of his ability. And it wasn't going to happen carrying Lowry Markkinen's bum ass and Wendell (laughs) Carter's bum ass. Said they got some proven vets now. And everyone falls into a better role. I think, you know, Pat falls into a more natural role, a power forward. I think Kobe very much falls into a more natural role. Going to be a bench scorer. He could be in for a big year. I think they addressed a major problem of the team with their guard defense by signing Alex Caruso. He's one of the most tenacious on-ball defenders in the league. Billy Donovan said today, the defense starts with point of attack defense. And to be able to have someone who can hound opposing ball handlers like Caruso is going to be a major addition to this team. So uh, that's why I'm really happy about everything that happened this offseason, man. I don't know if the Bulls are going to be great. Maybe, you know, maybe their defense will be uh, really lackluster. Maybe they will just be too small on the interior and then other teams are going to be able to punish them physically. Uh, you know, maybe it, the fit with DeRozan won't, be as promising as I think it can be. There's certainly risk to any team building path you take, but I love what they did this off season. I think it's everything I wanted as a fan when Garpax was in charge and we deserve to go into this season with some optimism. <laughs> Violent, We've been doing a lot of these podcast episodes for the last several seasons. We haven't had much good shit to talk about and now we do. And 
I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled at the start of this season. I think it's going to be really funny. <laughs> a couple years ago, like the boiling year, we like tried to talk ourselves into them, and then it just ended up being a huge disaster. And I think this that might have been us just trying to talk ourselves into it. I think this time there actually is legitimate excitement here. Obviously, it was the talent level is just legit, proven talent on the roster now. Uh, speaking of just the offseason, he brought up Lowry. What did you make? I believe I saw at Lowry talk today that he said, or recently, I think he did an interview maybe in like a finish interview that he said that he was ready to go to the Spurs. This might've been reported earlier as well, that like he was like all set to go to the Spurs and that something that didn't, changed. That didn't happen. So are you happier with how that played out or would you have rather kept Thad and traded Lowry to the Spurs? Yeah, I mean, it sort of depends what they trade this first round. Right, for, exactly. Right? That's what I was thinking. Fad was awesome. And, like, he would obviously fill in right now. Yeah, I mean, he'd be a Perfectly great bench fair. guy. Uh, it'd be your yeah. easy backup. I do board. think that the fit, the fit between Fad and Vooch just wasn't going to be perfect. No. Like, they both like to operate from similar spots on the floor. And, yeah, Fad was heroic last year. He had a really great veteran bounce back season. Uh, so Fad was awesome. I would have loved having him on the team, but like you, you can talk me into like Larry Nance, maybe could have been an upgrade over Thad. Larry Nance is really good and they chose not to get him either. So I think the bulls have big plans for this pick. We'll see what the market looks like at the deadline. Uh, we'll see if they're like allowed to trade the pick given what happens with the tampering investigation. But yeah, I think that Obviously, you would have rather kept Thad than lose him, right? Like, of course, that was yeah fantastic last season. Uh, but marketing gave some very vague, weird comments where he seemed like he's like something changed. Yeah. So maybe that was just like what you know the Spurs wanted to do after they signed Zach Collins, Doug McDermott. Uh, so yeah, a lot of unknowns up in the air. I hope that we're not sitting here complaining about missing Thad Young the whole season. I, I hope so. Yeah, I hope not. that would be really that would be really disappointing. Thad was a great player and he was very important to the team, but I don't think he would have been a, the most natural fit on this roster construction as the starting four. So of course you'd rather have him on the team than not because he was a good veteran, but. Uh, I just hope that we're not talking about the loss of Thad Young the whole season. Right, he would have been he would have been a great bench guy, fill in starting four if Pat missed time. Great veteran, obviously the guys all respected him. Because so I do think that he probably he obviously wouldn't have been, like he was in a great I, I guess not great spot to be effective last year, but the the Bulls needed him to like give that playmaking. So he obviously they unlocked that for, from him, but they like needed him to do it. So. I, I, once like the boot trade happened, his effectiveness definitely did wane a bit the second half of the season. Uh, again, it would have been nice to just have him there, a, bit, a proven veteran on the bench. The Bulls just don't have that much uh, on the bench. That is, I guess that is one question mark is just how that bench performs, especially with Kobe out for a while. Just Caruso should be great. Excited to have him as a bench guy, but it'll be interesting to see what else they get from these bench guys with Tony Bradley. Uh, we'll see the, the young guy, the rookies, if they play at all. You have Derek Jones Jr. We'll see if Stanley Johnson gets any if he just, uh, gets any opportunities. If Alizé Johnson gets opportunities, uh, then it'll be interesting to see it. Who kind of comes out and grabs earns roles off the bench this season? Because there's like a bunch of guys who like I feel like there's no one that really stands out once you get past Caruso, Kobe. A lot of guys have to prove themselves, right? Like I'm excited yeah. about the addition of Tony Bradley, but Tony Bradley needs to prove that. Right, like, yeah, he's he been a be- small minute guy. And so was Allison. Right. He's basically been a third string center yeah. his entire career. And now he's going to have to be uh, someone they really depend on. 
because they truly only have two traditional front court guys on this entire roster. And it's Vooch and it's Tony Bradley. So I'm excited about Bradley. I think he's going to be good. I think that he'll give you some rebounding. He'll give you a little bit of protection inside the paint. Uh, I think he'll be able to run the floor, but he has to prove himself this year for sure. And you can say that about Derek Jones. You can say that about Troy Brown. Troy Brown, yeah. A lot of swing pieces on this team. I'm really excited about how, how Kobe could fit in. Uh, assuming he comes back healthy, I think that that can be a nice offensive boost off the bench and just sort of a natural fit playing off Vucevic and DeRozan as a floor spacer and high volume shooter. So I'm excited about that. But uh, a lot of these other bench guys definitely have to prove themselves. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's wrap up here. We'll, uh, I guess we should uh, address the vaccine stuff because that was obviously a big talking point across the league today. I don't think. AK said that the Bulls are almost 100%, but not quite there. Uh, so that means at least probably, probably one guy, maybe two. Uh, I know that Chicago does not have rules like New York and San Francisco. So like the Kyrie, like Kyrie and Andrew Wiggins stuff is obviously kind of a mess today. And the, the Kyrie stuff with that Rolling Stone article with like him and Jonathan Isaac, total disaster. Wiggins, the Wiggins stuff today was really brutal. Uh, Steph apparently was pretty, it seemed like he was pretty pissed off about it. Uh, we'll see like what happens when, by the time the season starts with those guys, because, uh, again, the, according to San Francisco and like New York regulations, like, uh, they can't play home games, uh, kind of weird rules in the NBA with this kind of, some of this stuff, but like Steph was definitely like, what the fuck, man. And like, but Wiggins was like putting some weird quotes out there about his back is against the wall. And that was all weird. And like Bradley Beal also was saying some real, like, real weird stuff just like miss like misinformation bad stuff and it's something that was kind of ugly but the bulls i think zach was i don't i didn't see if any of the other guys were asked about it zach did the personal it's a personal decision that's was a very uh stock answer from a lot of guys across the league today a lot of times when they say that some of my my assumption is like automatically oh they probably didn't get vaccinated but i believe that zach was vaccinated or at least got the first shot before he got COVID last season, I don't want to make any ju- assumptions on this kind of stuff. Uh, so who knows? Maybe he just didn't want to talk about it. Uh, I don't think I didn't see any, if any, any other bulls address that. I, I know I saw a guy, Damian Lillard had a great answer on it. I think Desmond Bain had one. Giannis had one. So there were some guys who had some like really good answers about why you should get it. it helps. It helps you. It helps the team, helps your teammates, helps everyone else. So obviously there was some really high profile guys just kind of making asses of themselves. I don't think anyone the Bulls did. Zach did the did the personal decision thing. Uh, what was your what did you make of I guess what Zach said or just any of that other? The yeah, even the personal probably. decision thing is disappointing. It is disappointing. Like, um, it's not a personal yeah. decision. It's it affects it's more than just you. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you want to be smarter than Kirk Cousins, right? Kirk Cousins said the same <laughs> thing. Everyone was dunking on him. So I did think that was disappointing. And in general, like. The Beal stuff is just like, dude, yeah, that was bad. Just this is a misinformation crisis. If this is what Bradley Beal is spouting off about at training camp, uh, same thing with Wiggins, who seems very confident in his beliefs, but he won't share what those yeah. beliefs are. We have a lot of questions surrounding Kyrie Irving. He gave a very, pro, you know, not very forthcoming uh, talk at media today when asked about the vaccine. So he was not even there because because of those New York rules, he had to do it over video. Yeah. So it was sort of a disaster this entire day. And (laughs) uh, I come back to what Michael Irvin said about NFL players, which is 
if you don't get vaccinated, you just don't want to win badly enough. So on Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you don't, need the, you don't need the podcasters to tell you get the vaccine. Right. But, yeah. Uh, everyone needs to get it, man. Listen, listen to Michael Irvin. With, listen to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who had I was a great just going to say Kareem yeah. wrote an amazing piece on his Substack. It's kareem.substack.com. Kareem does not get enough credit for being such a brilliant writer. In addition to probably being, or almost certainly being a top three basketball player of all time. (laughs) uh, We're really lucky to have Kareem and we need to properly appreciate just how great he is as a voice. His piece on why athletes need to lead the charge to get vaccinated was an awesome read. So check that out. And yeah, I, uh, just get the vaccine, guys. I know. I mean, I, mean, I, I do want to point out, and I know CJ McCollum also p- p- tweeted this. Like, I think it's like eighty-five to ninety percent do have it. So, like, that is good, and that's like that's above, yeah. like, it is above, like the I wish I mean, overall rate. But like the WNBA has ninety-nine percent, I believe. Was right. the, like they basically have yeah. everybody. So, like, well, I wish the rest of the country had eighty-five percent right. vaccination yeah. rate. The NBA does. Like, then that would be a huge reason to celebrate. Yeah. And then the few holdouts, it wouldn't seem as tragic as it is maybe but uh yeah it's gonna be fascinating to see what happens with Kyrie and with Wiggins it feels like the biggest storyline in the league like for all the Ben Simmons talk this is much more embarrassing for the progressive league that did the bubble and that uh was basically seen as the league that led led the initial charge towards coming back to real life uh, at the height of the pandemic. So pandemic's still going on. Let's just get it over with, get your vaccine. And hopefully it's not a huge, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a huge distraction. Since so many guys but, do have it, like, I don't think like they're going to, we're going to have like any disaster, like a lot of disaster things like we did last year with a lot of guys missing time. Like they'll have happen for sure. There's obviously breakthrough stuff cases and all that kind of stuff. But if you're vaccinated, you, you come back quicker. Uh, all that, all that stuff. So I don't think there would be, yeah, it's just that there's a loud minority again with like the, that Rolling Stone article highlighted that and like Kyrie and Jonathan Isaac were pr- very prominent in that and Jonathan Isaac was trying to like push back against what was in there about that, whatever, man. Uh, yeah. So like there's these few guys, a few high profile guys that are really against it. And just like, uh, it would be nice to just, I mean, it's just hard when there are like, it's great that so many guys do have it. It's just, it, Obviously, when there are these high-profile guys like saying goofy stuff, it's just like that's going to dominate a lot of the headlines, and we're obviously talking about it right now. Uh, so you hope you just get to a point where most of these guys get it. I mean, I guess, and we'll see when the season comes around. Like uh, because the way Kyrie and Wiggins have been saying it, it's like all, oh, and like even Bob Myers, I think that, like they seem to think it's going to work itself out. But like if they don't get vaccinated, like I don't think New York and whatever San Francisco is going to they, they're not going to get exemptions. So like. Well, how's it going to work itself out unless they just get the damn shot? Like, I don't think they're going to be able to play based on unless something big changes in the next month or so. Like, uh, so yeah, Steph mad. I know Katie said he wasn't worried about it, but uh, that's not surprising. So yeah, we'll see on those guys and we'll see with the Bulls again. The Bulls are almost at 100%, not quite according to AK. Hopefully they are not affected by that this season because otherwise, because the vibes have been so good, hopefully. No injuries. Again, we do have a couple injuries so far, but like hopefully there's no major injuries. Hopefully there's no weird COVID stuff going on. We're back on a normal, a more normal 82 game schedule. The season starting in mid October. There should be more practice time. Uh, I think that should really help the season in terms of building that chemistry that they need to build. Uh, so yeah, 
besides the weird COVID stuff, which wasn't that involved with the Bulls. That was kind of more around the league. A lot of good vibes to the Bulls. Excited for basketball to be back. Ricky, do you have any final thoughts here? Otherwise, we can wrap it up. I'm excited, man. Should be a fun season. Let's get into this preseason, and uh, I can't wait to see how when is, I have, when is the first preseason game again? <laughs> I'd have to look up, look that up. Probably in like a week or so. There's, I think, four preseason games. Training camp obviously starts tomorrow. There's preseason Tuesday. game Tuesday, October 5th. One week, week. One week from, from tomorrow. Tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, one week away from preseason. That'll be uh, good. To, good to see them back. I was. Uh, I just made this my new uh, background on my computer. The picture of all four of Zach, Vooch, DeRozan, and Lonzo together in their fresh white Bulls uniforms that the Bulls tweeted out today. Uh, that got me. That got me jacked and juiced a bit. How about Caruso rocking the headband? The headband rule is no more. I guess it's Alex Caruso. Oh right. yeah. I don't think I even saw that because I actually did not see that today. So that, that's awesome. Uh, hope they they let any other player wear a headband? I'm trying to think. Since recently. Post Eddie Robinson era. Right. I don't, I can't remember if there's, we've had a like headband. Tyson Gandler started wearing a headband after he left. I can't remember. I'm trying to think of like recent years. I'm like, I don't think anyone. If they change that rule for Caruso, but they wouldn't do it for anyone else, I would be so disappointed <laughs> in the Ryan Stars. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's wrap this up here. Uh, fun media day stuff here. Uh, as always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Go check out all, all the great podcasts of the Blue Wire Network. With media day happening today, there'll be tons of great NBA content. Well, uh, there's be tons of great NFL content. We're in full swing here. The NFL season, as we talked about the shitty bears game earlier today, uh, go check out all the other great pods all across the blue. I remember for us here at cash considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, please rate review us. Give us your feedback. Give us those five star ratings on Apple podcasts. That helps us out. Uh, and let, and again, leave us, uh, feedbacks. In addition to those ratings, let us know what we can do better. You can do that on Twitter as well. I am at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, again, we, uh, as Ricky mentioned earlier in this pod, I believe you're going to try to do a Chicago spy, a uh, spy, <laughs> Chicago sky themed pod later this week. They are in the playoffs. You said they are playing this Connecticut Sun. You said this, the semifinals, correct? You, you, you were confusing me. Finals, final right. four, yeah. baby. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to try to talk about that a bit. Give this guy some love because uh, we obviously. We've been starving for good basketball here, and we have a, a, a good professional basketball team. Uh, the ladies at the Chicago Sky are trying to make the WNBA Finals, so uh, we're going to try to talk about that up next. Uh, and then after that, we'll have well again next week. We got preseason coming, so we'll get to start talking about some actual games again soon. Uh, so that'll do it for us here at Cash Considerations, Chicago Bulls podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs>